This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to the show. 2020, it's uh, certainly been a Interesting is an understatement. It's been a rough year uh, for a lot of people. We've been through a lot with COVID. Um, what you, what we saw, and went through with the country when you, when buildings are burned down, and the civil war in the culture, the civil war in the church, outside the church. There's been so many things that have just been violent and rocking our world. And when I'm on social media, I notice quite a few posts about people can't wait to get 2020 over with. And so here we are, we're at that point. And today, I want to get into the blessings of 2020. And so before you think I've just totally lost my marbles, um, (laughs) there are some silver linings to this whole thing because God uses suffering, as I've learned the hard way in my life. He uses suffering to shape us and to expose who we are and to heal us and to strengthen us. It's not when we're sitting in church in a nice, comfortable spot when we're tested. It's when we're put in some very tough situations when our faith is tested. And that's that's when the real proof of our faith comes in. And so I want to get in today, and what are the blessings that, that we've seen in 2020, and how did 2020 begin? Right off the bat, in January, Kobe Bryant, well-known basketball player, uh, was killed in a helicopter crash along with his daughter, and that was, that was really a shocker, and me being a father and having four kids and three daughters, he had, he, he's had multiple daughters, and reading that was just heart-wrenching, and then and then reading that when they found him, he was doubled over to protect his daughter from injury in the helicopter crash, which obviously, you know, in the end, it took both her life. That's uh, such a heartwarming thing to see a dad protecting his girl. And, And then through this year, we've seen hundreds of thousands of deaths from COVID. We've seen, um, Chadwick Boseman, his death was unexpected. Sean Connery died. Jim Blair died. And these people are in the public eye. And and then Eddie Van Halen, well-known in the 70s, 80s, for um, the group Van Halen died. And whenever I see these things or I see people that have died, usually the first thing that comes to my mind is, where are they now? And, and once our life is over, we do not have a second shot at it. So if we die without knowing Christ, then all we're left with is an eternity of torment. And 
sometimes I'll look at those people and I'll look at the example of their life and the way they live their lives and I, I look and I hope for a glimpse that maybe something happened, even a deathbed conversion, because you, we do see those. I mean, Jesus at the cross, there was a thief that's, that was hang, being hanged right next to him on the cross, and um, Jesus basically said, today you will be with me in paradise, after the guy said, remember me, Lord. So deathbed conversions do happen. Sometimes you hope for that, but for some people, you really don't see much or hear much evidence of that, and it's heartbreaking to think of somebody who is now in that eternal torment for all eternity with no no second chances. And so when I think of these things, it forces us to, to look at where am I? Where am I with my relationship with the Lord? Because one second after our death, um, the only thing that matters is our relationship with the Lord. And I want to read to you from Ecclesiastes 7, starting at verse 2, where Solomon says, It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. And so Solomon is saying, Keep in mind that your life is so short here and you're and you have a very finite small period of time on earth. Keep that in mind and keep that in front of you always. Are you living your life for eternity? And so when I when I see somebody who's passed away and there's somebody who I knew where they were and or you know, maybe it's a close friend or something or somebody I knew. It keeps my mind set on eternity, which we need, especially in this time. We have to keep our mind focused on who God is. We have to be focused on eternity and making our lives count for eternity. So one of the the benefits of this of this year is that it really keeps us, it's like putting our nose to this fact that we have to live our lives for eternity because life is so short. I mean, there's people who are dying of corona in their 30s and their 40s as well as, you know, older and there's people who die in their 30s and 40s of anything, 20s even, of you know, heart attacks, diseases, automobile crashes, but even more so this year. So it's actually a blessing to be forced to look at and to remind that, you know, I could be, tomorrow I could be gone, and you could be gone. And we have to keep going after God. We have to speak, keep seeking Him. We have to keep going after Him hard. And And then another benefit from this last year is that our weaknesses have been exposed. So, for example, right after uh, COVID really hit here around March, porn views, pornography searches shot through the roof, and we got really busy at the ministry with helping people, husbands, wives, men, women, recover from porn addiction, adultery, and and the things we do. And so even though the first step was, okay, the, uh, the problem went right through the roof with people binging on porn, if it brings them to a bottom quicker and if it brings them to healing quicker, then that is a good thing. And we saw, we've been seeing that, and we've been hearing that from others outside of our ministry that 
people are coming to churches for help. They realize that their lives are lost and broken or they're in bondage to certain things. So that's a good thing. We want, we want to come to that place where we're broken. We want to come to that place where we know we need help and we're willing to get help. And unfortunately, the truth is that some, a lot of people do not change until they've had enough pain. And when you, when your porn habit, for example, shoots through the roof, that bondage intensifies. And then if the wife catches you or, or whatever it is, it's going to get 10 times worse, 10 times more pain, 10 times more shame. And, and that can drive you to a place of getting help. <clears throat> Another benefit and blessing from this time is that uh, our sports and entertainment industries were were paused and you may be thinking well, why is that good why is that a good thing and and we need to look at all sides of the pictures of the things we're looking at so part of that issue is that there there are a lot of people who are put out of work i mean that, so that's a very that's a real rough thing when you, all of a sudden you're out of job for most of the year and maybe you worked at one of those stadiums. Maybe you worked at one of those places. So I don't want to ever just glibly say it's a good thing that somebody lost their job. That, that's I'm not going that way at all with this. What I am saying is that a lot of people have been choked with giving too much of themselves to sports, entertainment, things like that social media, movies, movie theaters are shut down. Right now, if you try and go to a movie theater, maybe you get, might get see one current movie and the rest are all movies from 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. And, and again, I'm not saying that that economic um, disaster is a good thing. I'm not. But, what it, but, but the silver lining is this, is that anything that forces us to remove some of the emotional and spiritual clutter of our life so that we can have more of God, so we can have more of our friends, so we can have more people and connections. That's a good thing. And another good thing from this, because you know a lot of us, a lot of people had to be isolated at home, at least in, in the spring, March, April, and May, a lot of the country was isolated, was being at home more, for some people at least, and I know for me, it freed up time for prayer. And that's really what we need more of. We need prayer is the game changer for everyone. No man, no woman is greater than their prayer life. So anything that, and a lot of us are living lives that are just too choked, too busy, too spinning on the merry-go-round, too anxious, too, too running, running the pace of life. So when we're forced to stop, now it was a blessing, and so what I'm hoping is that some of you took advantage of that time and spent more time in prayer. And in the beginning of that time, March, April, May, I was I was up in my prayer game, and I'm thinking, all right, let's dig in for this because there's a lot going on here. There's an intense spiritual battle, and the enemy's obviously using this whole COVID thing to try and keep people in bondage to fear and and you know, we're at church at war and, and all that goes along with that. And always our most powerful weapon is in prayer. So anything that forces me or encourages me or nudges me to a greater and a deeper prayer life, I want that. And so that was a blessing of it, that hopefully it deepens some of your prayer life. 
it's very hard. It's very difficult to be isolated. Isolation is like the fertile soil that feeds a lot of sin. It feeds lust. It feeds pornography. It feeds overeating. It feeds living life in the flesh. If you don't, if you're not turning to God, it feeds confusion, anxiety, a lot of different things. So, one of the benefits for some people would be really understanding how valuable and how critical community is and how much we need it. We need other people. And when I'm working with people with the ministry, usually one of the very first things I'll ask them is, are are you plugging in? Are you connecting with another brother? Are you meeting with another brother or sister once a week for the purpose of encouragement and prayer and support? And 85 to 90% of Christians, as surveys are showing, are not, which means we have a huge problem with isolation in the church. And just like with the porn problem, when you're isolated, you're forced to deal with all that goes along with that with even more compounded power, with more interest, so to say, and it's not a good thing. And so the way our churches have been grooming grooming us is that we go and we watch sermon we we praise you know we watch the worship band and we go home that does not foster connection with other brothers and acts 242 what was that what was the early church devoted to they were devoted to prayer fellowship and the apostles teaching there were no isolated believers in the early church at least that's not what they were aiming for that's not what they were building the church on so when you're isolated and you see how horrible it is to be stuck at home for a week, two weeks, three weeks, it really pounds it in hard that we need other people and we need community and we need to change. We need to change the way we do church. We cannot keep doing the same thing over and over and over. And so that's, that's another silver lining here is that can force us to really take a look at We cannot keep doing church the way we've been doing it. We cannot keep growing isolated believers. We cannot keep training people how to live the Christian life this way. And so I really do hope that through all this, you've come to the conclusion that you can't live in isolation anymore. And so me, as I've shared before, every Friday, I'll meet with another brother in Christ and sometimes twice a week. So this week for me, it's going to be, I had lunch with a guy yesterday and I'll be talking to another brother of mine tomorrow. And so my life is packed with community. It's packed with other men. And that's the way the Christian life is meant to be lived, not li- not ever lived in isolation. That's one reason why we're such easy pickings for the enemy right now is because we're so isolated and divided. Having a civil war, a cultural civil war, is easy when you don't have any kind of organization or connection in your military. When they, when they put you in boot camp, they're teaching you to fight for your brothers and fight for your sisters, but we're not doing that today in our churches. We're not teaching them how to buddy up and fight for each other, and, and that's a big problem. That's a huge weakness. So this whole thing this year with the isolation and COVID has really exposed that, and that's a good thing. So I'm really hoping, I want to challenge you, do not keep letting status quo Christianity, which you hear at your churches, and the, the 
culture, the Christian culture has done to us, do not keep letting that dictate the way you live the Christian life. Live it the rogue Christian way. But when I say rogue Christian way, I mean the biblical way, which is connected to other believers. Another blessing, and this one comes with some more pain, has to do with <clears throat> the thinning out of the church. I uh, was talking to a pastor a while back, and he told me that after COVID hit and everybody started coming back, that only half the people in his church came back. I've been reading articles and seeing numbers that up to 20% of churches may go bankrupt and close this year. You see other numbers where a lot of people are not coming back to church. So what does this mean? This means the lukewarm are being filtered out. And at first, at first glance, that sounds harsh. But Jesus did not go after everyone. He did speak the truth to everyone. And sometimes the truth that he spoke cut to the core. But he never chased after anyone. God is, in my experience, God is a gentleman. If you want all of him, he'll let you come after him and he'll change your life and he'll bless your heart with his love and his grace and his peace and his joy. But you can't have just the love of God. You got to have all of him. And sometimes that includes conviction. That includes exposure of sin. That includes pride and arrogance. And, you know, we all struggle with those things. But when you're when you're going to a church where everything is sunshine and bunnies, positive and encouraging, and we don't touch any of those hard issues, then what you've just done is created a lukewarm church. So what I, what I see is that the Lord is taking this suffering, these hard times, and he's burning out some of the lukewarm in the church. He's burning out the marshmallow mentality that we go to church to be comfortable. We don't go to church to be challenged, to have our faith taken to another level, to be equipped. We go to church for a lot more than just to have a little verse-by-verse teaching. We go to church because what was Jesus' mission? To set captives free. We're not getting that. We're getting that we go to church to have a little bit of our doctrinal knowledge tickle and then we go home. That's missing it. And I think God is really putting the fire on the church at large and saying, this is not acceptable anymore. You, you see a lot of articles about there's a lot of battles right now for churches even to be open and meet. What, who do you think is behind that? I mean, the enemy wants to shut them all down. But what does that come to? That means you have to realize you're a church at war. We are being We have lost immense ground. So all the things that have happened in this last year have pointed out that we are a church of war and we have failed at equipping our people to be spiritual warriors and fighters and overcomers. We have failed to equip them to, to release them from the bondage to the sin, sexual and every other kind that they're, they're in. And we see that all the time with people who come to us for help. And we hear words like there's just no meat or depth in our churches. And even some of the doctrine-heavy churches, they just totally miss the boat. I had a guy email me about a week ago. He's been attending 
you would know the church immediately, a church in the Northwest uh, that has multiple branches, thousands of members, super heavy into doctrine and theology, and he just told me that they asked him to shut his support group for men down for who struggle with issues with sex, sexual sin and pornography and that type of thing. And the reasoning they gave was just, <laughs> they didn't think that you should have a group that focused on just one issue. They just kind of wanted it more general and it should be close-ended. So in other words, you come, you do your time, maybe in six months, maybe a year, you've graduated, there's no more struggle, struggle on, and you're done. And that just shows they don't have any idea what they're talking about, but that they're asking this guy to shut his support group down. I mean, that's just insane. I think God is putting the heat on the church right now and saying no more. What is my mission? Setting captives free, proclaiming hope to those who are lost, bringing those out of prison who are in prison, giving them ashes for beauty. You cannot do that if you're not even willing to talk about the hard issues. So that's I see that as a blessing during this last year. God's saying, hey, you got to be ready because um, we are right now in the heat of battle <laughs> and you're getting your butt kicked. No more. You got to realize these are my flocks. These are my sheep and they're getting wasted. And now it's time to step up and make them prayer warriors and intercessors and fighters, men who fight for their families and, and get out of the whole comfort zone thing. So that... That to me is another big blessing of this time that we begin to have our Christian walk, our life framed around the fact that we are a church at war and we don't just go to church for a little bit of comfort juice. And and so I think all these things are good things. I think that valuing community um, is a big part, important thing, getting out of isolation, deep, deep, deepening your prayer life, shaking up the status quo. We're told in Scripture that judgment begins with the house of God. Judgment has begun with the church. It doesn't take a genius to figure that out. I'm not telling you I'm a prophet or nothing like that. This is not a thus saith the Lord thing. You just look around and you can see it, that the church is being shaken big time and he's shaking out those who are playing games. He's shaking out the lukewarm. And he's saying, do you really want me? Or are you just here to, to have a good time on Sunday? I want to be challenged when I go to church. I want to be challenged to take my prayer game to another level. I want to be challenged to go deeper with God than ever before. But let me ask you, all of you who are watching this, are you getting this? when you go to church on Sunday. Some people are. It's not like it's, it's a blanket thing where no one is, but there is so much we're missing. And I think this can be a good thing if we can see it through his eyes and understand that he uses suffering and pain for good things, for good purposes, to draw people closer to him. Because when you're desperate, when you really are in a mess, the <laughs> Unfortunately, the truth is that's when we can go after God in the hardest. If that's what it takes, that's what it takes. And if that's what we need, that's what we need. So let's go after God. Let's make, let's make this a year coming up that we're no more into this status quo, ease and comfort thing, that we go after God hard, that we have deep, passionate prayer lives, that we 
He is really our first love, and we can say that and mean it and know it. And I can say that today, that he is my first love. And I hope it is for you, too. So next week, we're going to be jumping into the Rogue's Creed. And, and by the Rogue's Creed, what I mean by that is what it looks like to be a rogue Christian. So have a good week, and we'll see you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.